Thank you. That's really kind. Uh, it's really good to be here with you this morning. Um, I've been asked a question um, this week a couple of times. Um, maybe you've been asked it too. It's a question that I always tend to get asked this time of year, and it's not a question that I look forward to. The question is this, are you ready for Christmas? Are you ready for Christmas? Well, I'm not sure that I am, but we've started in our house. Um, One thing we did this week was we got down the Christmas box from the attic. We do this every year. Have you got a box like this? This box full of things that we bring down every year. And really, it signals the start of Christmas in our house. And we pull out from this box things like the Christmas teapot, the Christmas mugs, the Christmas oven gloves. We go quite big on Christmas in our house. But sometimes I can look at this stuff in this box and I can think, what is that doing in there? What is that there for? What even is that? And I think if we're not careful, even these few weeks leading up to Christmas can be a bit like my Christmas box. It can be full of stuff. But actually we can look at some of this stuff and think, actually, how important is that? Should that be there? Is that an important part of Advent? I think this can be a a confused time of year, a messy time of year. Do you know, even Advent calendars seem to have got a bit confused these days. This this first one, this is a a Playmobil Playmobil Advent calendar. This features Father Christmas on a sleigh with an angel, just like in the Bible. That seems strange to me. Seems an odd mix mix of things. This next one, with this one you get pork crackling every day. Strange, isn't it? Getting close to Sunday lunch, actually, this, 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 that would be quite tempting for me, actually. That would be quite good. This next one, with this one, you get a bottle of gin every day in December. <laughs> I guess that's, if, that's if, if Christmas is all getting a bit too much, if Advent's getting a bit too much, that Advent calendar might be helpful for you. Do you know, you can even get an Advent calendar these days for your dog. You may have seen these. Now, my question with this is, what happens on Boxing Day? What happens on Boxing Day when after three weeks of you giving your dog treats, he comes to you for a treat and there's no more doors left? What happens then? How do you explain that to your dog? I think this can be a a confused time of year, a busy time of year, but how do we use this time leading up to Christmas really well? How do we stay focused on what is important? So Advent is about celebrating the, the arrival, preparing ourselves for the arrival of Jesus into the world. But what did Jesus come for? What was his real purpose? What did he come to do? Well, as Neil said, the passage we're going to look at this morning is not really an Advent passage. It's not really one of those passages that we, that we come to at Christmas. But it's, it's Jesus, the, the grown-up Jesus, 30 or more years after the Nativity story, explaining to us and showing us why it is that he came. We're going to look at the story of Zacchaeus. It's Jesus with Zacchaeus. It's, it's in, um, in Luke chapter 19. So if you could turn to that in your Bible now, that would be really helpful. If you don't have a Bible, it's going to come up on the screen behind me as well. It's Luke chapter 19, and we're going to be looking at verses 1 to 10. Luke 19, verses 1 to 10. It says this. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. 
So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. Because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Let's just pray. Father God, I thank you for this passage. I thank you for this story, this amazing story, this vivid story. I thank you for what it teaches about you. And I ask this morning, Lord, would you teach us about you? Would you show us what your priorities are? What you want us to hear for this Advent? Speak to us through your Holy Spirit. I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this is a familiar passage. Many of you will have known this. You'll have read it several times, heard it several times, and it is rich with detail. And because of that, we know a few things about Zacchaeus. We know that he was short, he was wealthy, and he was unpopular. See, tax collectors were hated by the Jewish people. They weren't liked. And one of the reasons for that was they worked for the oppressive Roman Empire. But as well as that, they were known to cheat people out of money. So they would collect more money than was needed, and they'd keep that money for themselves, and they'd build for themselves a rich, lavish lifestyle. And you know, Zacchaeus wasn't just a tax collector, he was a chief tax collector, which meant that he probably didn't just cheat people out of money, he probably cheated the tax collectors out of money too. This would have been just about the most despised person around. And yet in this scene... Amongst this crowd of people who all want to get near Jesus, they all want to find out what this Jesus is about. Jesus notices this small, hated man up in this tree. And Jesus says to him, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. You know, this word must is really interesting. At this time of year, we all have things that we feel we must do. But this must, where Jesus says to Zacchaeus, I must stay at your house today, is quite different. See, this must means that this is of absolute necessity. This is part of God's divine plan that this happens. When Jesus is saying, I must come to your house today, Zacchaeus, he's saying this must happen. Look at the way it's used in other parts of Luke's gospel. In Luke 9.22, it says the Son of Man must suffer many things. It's that same word, must. Luke 24.7, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners. Luke 24.44, everything must be fulfilled that is written about me. This word must, it's from the Greek word die, D-E-I. And it means this, it's part of God's divine plan. It has to happen. It has to happen. And this is significant because it shows us actually that that this was really important. This meeting between Jesus and Zacchaeus had to happen. Jesus had to stay at Zacchaeus' house. Why? Because the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. That's what he came to do. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Why is this funny story, this weird story about this little man climbing a tree in the Bible? What does it teach us? It teaches us that the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. That's what he came for. That's what he was focused on. And I believe that if we ask Jesus this morning, what is Christmas all about? What is this time of year really all about? He would say to us this, it's about rescue. This is about rescue. 
I've come to rescue my people. The Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. He's come to seek and save us. You know that man in that tree, little Zacchaeus, everyone else saw him as an outsider. Everyone else had written him off. But Jesus saw something different in that man. Jesus saw something different about him. And what he saw was this. He saw a man who was spiritually sick. He saw a man who was lost and needed to be rescued. That's Zacchaeus' story. And you know, that's our story too, without God. It's our story too. We need him. We're lost without him. Do you know, you can have all the wealth in the world and be completely lost if you don't know Jesus. You can have more friends on Facebook, more followers on Twitter, more followers on Instagram than anyone else you know and still be completely lost if you don't know Jesus. You could be in charge of tens or hundreds or thousands of people and you say, we've got it made. So to all the world, so we, we, we've got it, we're sorted, we're together. But without Jesus, the Bible says we're lost. We're lost. And we need this rescuer. And do you know, this story about Zacchaeus teaches me so much about the heart of God. It teaches me so much. What it teaches me is this. Do you know, we're valuable to God. We are valuable to God. I wonder, have you ever lost anything that is really valuable to you? Have you ever lost anything valuable? If you're anything like me, what you will do is you will go and try and find this thing. You will do everything to try and find this thing. It will occupy your mind. You won't be able to think of anything else until you found this thing. You will retrace your steps. You might look in the same place five or six times, even though you know you've looked there, because this thing is important to you. Do you know if the thing that you've lost isn't valuable, you don't do that. You may not even notice that it's gone. But God comes to seek and save us. He comes to rescue us because we are valuable to him. Let's understand that this morning. You are valuable to God. You are valuable to him. And he seeks us. He comes after us. Is that your experience of God? It's certainly mine. He's the God who pursued me. I want to tell you a a secret or a a truth. Uh, When we first came to this church, um, we were invited here by a couple of friends. We came along. We really didn't want to come back to this church. We liked things about it. We, we loved the people. They were really kind. They were really welcoming. But my experience of church to that point had been, you go into church on a Sunday morning, you hang at the back, you perhaps have a cup of tea at the end, if you're really thirsty, and then you head home and you go back to your normal life. And I knew that if we came to this church, I was going to need to get connected. I was going to need to get pulled into this church. And that challenged me. That challenged me. But we felt like God was asking us to be here. Both Alice, my wife, and I felt God was calling us to be here. He's pulling us into this church. He was pursuing us and bringing us in. That's what he's like. He's this God who comes after us. You know, we can look at that story of Zacchaeus and we can think about all the lengths that Zacchaeus went to to see Jesus. But what about the lengths that Jesus went to to get near Zacchaeus? Jesus, this king of glory who created the universe, who put the stars in place, the planets in place, who created everything. He allows himself to be born as a baby, to take on human flesh, to be brought up by human parents. It's incredible. We cannot get our heads around this. He was abandoned by his friends. As a young man, he was flogged, he was beaten, he was crucified on a cross. That's the length that Jesus went to to find Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus just climbed a tree. That's all he did. Jesus comes to seek and rescue us. To rescue us. 
That's what he's like. That's what he's like. Do you know, Advent, this time leading up to Christmas, it is about urgency. It is an urgent time, but it's not an urgency to do this and do that. This is about the urgency of rescue. This is the God who loves us coming to rescue his people. Do you know you are valuable to him and he comes to rescue you. It's what he's like. So what do we do in response? What do we do in response to this rescuing God who comes after us? I want to suggest three things that we can do this Advent. Three things to stay focused on the priorities, to stay focused on what's important and to get close to Jesus. The three things are this. First of all, allow yourself to be rescued. Allow yourself to be rescued. Sometimes I think we can be a bit reluctant to be rescued. We can be going our own way, doing our own thing, doing things that actually we we might know are, are unhelpful to us or to our friends. We certainly know that actually they're wrong in God's eyes, but we do it. We get caught up in this stuff. You know, the pull of the world is strong. Earthly desires are strong. It's like the early Christian, St. Augustine, who said this as a young man, Lord, make me pure, but not yet. That's what he prays. Lord, make me pure, but not yet. Or like the alcoholic who says, I will give up drink tomorrow, but tomorrow never comes. You know, the pull of the things of this world is strong and temptation is very real. Why was I really reluctant to get involved in Kings? Do you know, the reason was that I know there were things about my lifestyle There were ways of thinking, behaviors that I knew would need to change if I got pulled into this church. Not because of a list of rules or guidelines or anything like that, but because here I I found a group of people who were taking their faith seriously. I found a group of people who what they said matched up with how they were living. They weren't perfect, but living for Jesus was important for them. And they were trying to do that day after day. And I was challenged by that. That wasn't my experience of church. I was inspired by it, but I found it challenging. Do you know the reality of God can be a huge inconvenience if we're going our own way? It's true. The pull of this world is strong. I don't know where you're at this morning. Maybe you're in that place like I was where you feel like God is he's coming after you and he's pulling you in, but you're reluctant to get committed. I want to tell you this morning, my experience is that God knows you better than you know yourselves. That's what I found for me. He is kinder than I thought he was. He knows me better than I thought he did. His purposes and plans for my life were so much better than I thought they were. And it's true of you too. Do you know, I love this church now. I love being part of this church. I love what God is doing in me and changing me. And I love Zacchaeus' response to Jesus. Do you know what he said? He's, he came down at once and he said, and he welcomed him gladly. He welcomed Jesus gladly. I wonder, will we do that? Will we allow Jesus to rescue us? When we recognize who he is, will we welcome him gladly? Or maybe you've been a Christian for years, but there are still some areas of your life where you just won't let God into. I was chatting to someone um, a few weeks back And that was their experience. They said, actually, there were things about their past that they were very ashamed of. And they believed in God, but there was just an area. They they would not let God into this area of their life. Do you know, Jesus said to Zacchaeus, I must stay at your house today. I must stay at your house today. I was thinking about Zacchaeus' house. What must it have been like? Surely it's full of things that were bought by money that Zacchaeus had cheated people out of. There must have been things in that house 
that Zacchaeus would not have wanted Jesus to see. And yet Jesus says to Zacchaeus, I must stay at your house today. He sees the stuff. And sometimes I think we can be reluctant to allow God to see these parts of our lives that we just want to hold back from him. I believe Jesus would say to you this morning, let me in. Let me into that area too. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe that's the, that's the area where you're holding back from allowing God in. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your career. Maybe it's your school life. Maybe it's your past. Maybe there's some, somewhere you just don't want God to be invited into. It's just too hard. Maybe it's the future. Maybe you're worried about the future. I believe God would say, I must come to your house today. I must stay at your house today. Let me in. Allow me to rescue you fully. Allow me to rescue those parts of your life that you're ashamed of too. I love you and I'm so for you. Let me rescue you. Sometimes I think we can allow God to rescue us for a while. And then we try and do things our own way. Let's imagine you're um, being rescued from the sea by a helicopter. Um, It would be odd if about two miles from the shore, you've been rescued, you're kind of attached to this line, you're being carried towards the shore, but two miles from the shore, you kind of signal up to the the pilot in the helicopter, and you say to him, it's all right, I'll take it from here, and you swim the rest. That would be a strange thing to do, wouldn't it? This rescuer, Jesus, he's good at rescue. That's what he does. He came to seek and to save us. Let's allow him to rescue us wholly and let's allow him to go on rescuing us. Not trying to do it in our own strength, but allow God to rescue us. Invite the Holy Spirit in and let him do his work in us. Let's allow ourselves to be rescued. Let's allow ourselves to be rescued. Okay, secondly, second thing we can do this Advent to stay focused on the priority. Second thing is this, get involved in the rescue. Get involved in the rescue. I don't know about you, but my priorities can often be very different to God's priorities. I was taught this the other day by the Lord when I was sorting out my garage. That may sound very strange, um, but I was going to sort out my garage. And and when I'm going to do a job like this, like sorting out my garage, I know that I can easily get distracted. I can easily get my, my focus can turn away from it, and, and it normally ends up that I get nothing done that I intended to get done. Well, in a moment of rare wisdom at the start of this day, I asked God to help me sort out my garage. I said, Lord, help me do this. Help me to use this time really, really well. Help me to use this time well. Here's what happened when I was sorting out my garage. Four people came and had quite long conversations with me, four neighbours, One of those people was a man that I've lived about four or five doors away from for five years and never chatted with. He came over and had a long conversation with me. We chatted about his kids and my kids. We got to know each other a little bit. And then the postman came and had a conversation with me. This is true. Quite a long chat as well. I think God was trying to teach me something here, and that is this. Do you know, people are important to God. People are important to God. Why? Because he came to seek and save the lost. And it's not that my garage, sorting out my garage, wasn't important. We all have jobs to do, but we did it the Lord's way. I still got my stuff done. I still sorted the garage, but I did it in conversation with people, in community with people. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. That is his priority. And you know, it has to be our priority too. In my role as youth pastor in this church, I get to see what happens when young people who are lost become found and get brought into relationship with God. It's amazing. I love it. I love seeing that. We have a, a, an event called Element here on a Friday night. Um, and any of you here who have been here on a Friday night will know that it's very, very different to this. 
It's not like this. We can have um, up to 100 teenagers running around on a Friday night, and it can be noisy, and it can be chaotic. And you can stand here, I can stand here at the end of the evening, at 9 o'clock in the evening, and look out over this auditorium, and there's kind of shaving foam down here on the floor from a game that we play. And there's crisp wrappers and sweet wrappers and cans of drink. And you can think, why are we doing this? Why are we doing it? And you know, some of my team even look at me and sometimes that look is in their eye. Why are we, why are we doing this? <laughs> Here's why we do it. It's because the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. That is his priority and it has to be our priority too. Do you know, we, we went to New Day this year. We take our young people to New Day. It took 75 young people to New Day this year. A big Christian festival. Seven, 34 of those 75 young people came to New Day for the first time this year. You know, many of those guys had been coming on Friday nights to Element, and we've built up relationship with them on Friday nights. And they've trusted us to the point where they'll come with us to New Day for a week. At New Day this year, 14 of our young people gave their lives to Jesus. 11 of our young people made a recommitment to Jesus, and countless others have powerful encounters with God that I know were significant, that were profound, and that will affect many of them for many years to come. It changed many of their lives. Why do we do what we do? Because the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. That's why we do it. That's why we do it. You know, we do a lot of stuff in this church. The children's work in this church, the student work in this church. We do a lot of work in our community with a night shelter, Christians Against Poverty. The little stars on a Tuesday and Friday. People from this church go out to places like Pakistan and South Sudan and Nepal. And they do it because the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. It's his priority and it has to be ours too. Do you know, we've got these carol concerts next week. The team have put so much work into these carol concerts. So much energy, so much creativity, so much passion into these carol concerts. This is not just a show. This is so people can come and hear the gospel. Come and hear the good news about Jesus. It's because the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. He's still doing it today, you know. He's still doing it today, and he calls us to be part of that rescue mission. He'll do the rescuing, but he calls us to get involved in it. To get involved in it. Question. What are the things that you must do this Advent? You know, this is a really busy time of year. Really busy time of year. We all have lots of stuff that we feel we have to do. But what, what is God asking you to do this Advent? What are those things that cannot wait? What does God want you to do? I wonder, are our priorities the same as the Lord's priorities for this Advent? Are there people that we need to spend time with? Is there someone we need to phone? Is there someone we need to have a conversation with? You know, there are people in our workplaces There are people in our homes, in our street, who need to know Jesus. People who are lost. People who who need to be found. Jesus would look at them and say, I love these people. They're my people too. What will we do? What will we risk this Advent to get caught up in in mission? Let's take a moment, actually. I'm going to ask God to speak to us now. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit just to speak to us. and Let's just be open to the Lord just putting names on our minds. Let's just pray. Let's just close your eyes for a minute. Lord, I thank you that you're here. And I thank you that you came to seek and save the lost and you're still doing it. I thank you that you're doing that now. Lord, we want to be caught up in your priorities. Would you put people's names on our mind now? Would you put things on our minds that you want us to do this Advent? Speak to us now, I pray, through your Holy Spirit.
I wonder, is there anyone we've written off? Is there anyone we've written off? That man Zacchaeus would have been written off by almost everyone. But Jesus didn't write him off. Jesus said to him, this man too is a son of Abraham. This guy too is family. This one too is one that I've come to rescue and come for. Are there people that we've written off? Let's do all we can to get caught up in the rescue, to get caught up in Jesus' amazing rescue plan for his people this Advent. Let's do it. Let's give up time. Let's give whatever it will take to get caught up in this rescue plan. He loves his people and he's still seeking and saving his people today. So let's allow ourselves to be rescued. Let's get involved in the rescue. And finally, let's get to know our rescuer. Let's get to know our rescuer. On the 14th of January, 2008, a man called Johnny Benjamin walked to Waterloo Bridge in London. He planned to throw himself off the bridge. But a stranger stepped out of the London crowd and talked him out of it. The man's words stopped Johnny from taking his life. Six years later, Johnny started a huge campaign to try and find the man who had saved his life. There was a huge campaign called Hashtag Find Mike. It went global. You may have heard about it. There's a documentary that I watched last Christmas about it called The Stranger on the Bridge. This became a huge global campaign. And in the documentary, Johnny was asked, what will you do if you find this man? What will you do if you find him? And Johnny said, I just want to give him a hug. I just want to thank him for what he's done in my life. Do you know, this Christmas story, as well as being a huge global story, the rescue of humanity, this is a personal story. It is a personal story. And I know that there will be countless stories in this room of how God has rescued his people. In the nostalgia of Christmas, the familiarity of Christmas, let's not allow our, our own rescue stories to be forgotten. Let's talk about them. Let's thank him for what he's done for us. Let's thank him daily. Let's praise him daily for who he is and what he's done for us. As Neil said last week, let's talk to our children about them. Let's pass it on to the next generation. Let's talk about what Jesus has done. Let's not allow our rescue story to become too familiar. As we sing those Christmas carols, let's sing about our own personal rescue. Let's come close to this God who went to great lengths to be near us. He went so far for us. He went so far for us. What will we do to get near him this Advent? To get to know him, to get to be with him. You know, you don't have to launch a global campaign to find your rescuer. He's right here this morning through the power of his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit is here this morning and he wants to be near you. He longs to be near you, to be known by you. What will you do to get to know him this Advent? Just to finish, this is a time of expectation, huge expectation. And I'm speculating a bit here, but I believe our expectation about Christmas pales in significance when you compare it to the expectation of God as he plans to come and rescue his people. You can almost hear it, the the grace of the Father, the wonderful obedience of the Son. As he says, I'm going to go, I'm ready, I'm going to rescue my people. Do you know, he knows what's ahead. The son knows what's ahead. He knows that it ends with the cross. He's got to go through that cross. He's got to go through death. He knows what's coming. But he says, I will go and rescue my people. Why? Because I love my people. They are valuable to me. 
The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. That's what he came for. This time of year is all about rescue. It's all about rescue. What can we do to prioritize? What can we do to stay focused? I reckon we can do three things. Allow ourselves to be rescued. Allow ourselves to be rescued. Get involved in the rescue. And enjoy getting to know our rescuer, this son of man who came to seek and save the lost, who comes to seek and save us. Amen? Amen. 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 Neil.